Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 23 of Revelation chapter 19. And we're looking at verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. Now, last time we were looking at the language of the fowls, coming to feast upon the dead, the dead carcasses, and we saw that that's exactly the picture. That's what the fowls represent, that there has been death, and and God sent the fowls to feed upon the carcass of the church at the time of the end of the church age, and now he's sending the fowls to feed upon the dead carcass of the unsaved people, the earth. In the day of judgment. Now, um, the last part of verse 17 here says again, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. And we've seen before that the word supper is used in the New Testament concerning the marriage supper of the Lamb. Just look back at verse 9 of Revelation 19. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So the gospel, as it's gone out into the world, called people, it bid for man to come to this supper of the great God. And, and so it's a, New Testament word, really. Uh, we, we don't find it used in the same way in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God speaks of Judgment Day, the Great Supper of the Lamb, at the time of the wedding feast. He speaks of it as a sacrifice. For instance, uh, we, we read this last time in Ezekiel chapter 39, concerning the defeat of Gog and Magog. It says in Ezekiel 39:17, And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Speak unto every feathered fowl, and to every beast of the field, Assemble yourselves and come, gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice, that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan. And ye shall eat fat till ye be full and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice which I have sacrificed for you. And what is that sacrifice God has sacrificed? Gog and Magog, the 
the enemies of his kingdom, the unsaved people of the world. And God has slain them. He killed them when he shut the door of heaven for all intents and purposes. That God sealed man's fate. He established each individual's spiritual condition forevermore, never to be changed. And if you were unsaved and the door of heaven shut, well, it's it's just a matter of time before um, Judgment Day um, expires and you are uh, completely annihilated. And and so uh, and there will be no change until that point for anyone. And and therefore was a guarantee of destruction. And and God has brought death to the world. And it is the sacrifice of the unsaved that God is sacrificing. That, that is, he's killing them. That's what a sacrifice is. When something is sacrificed, it's killed. Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. He was that sacrifice. And, and, and that's where we get this tie-in between supper and sacrifice in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 22 with that parable of the king who um, has made a marriage for his son it it says in verses 2 and 3 the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding or the marriage, and they would not come. And then, uh, we're, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but skip down to verse 11. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away and cast him into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now I wanted to read this because we see the there's a, a wedding feast, a, a marriage ceremony in view that relates to the gospel call that, that went out into the world. And here God is uh, painting the picture of a wedding. And in Revelation 19, it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, let's turn back to Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 1. It says in verse 7, Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord Jehovah, for the day of Jehovah is at hand. For Jehovah has prepared a sacrifice, not not a supper, but a sacrifice. He has bid his guests and shall come to pass in the day of Jehovah's sacrifice, that I will punish the princes and the king's children and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. And that relates to the parable we just read of the wedding feast. When the king came in to visit the guests, he saw a man without the proper wedding attire and and he was cast out. And so that man was clothed with strange apparel, exactly as Zephaniah is saying. And that ties in the supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb, with 
the sacrifice of judgment day. God wants us to make that connection. He, he wants us to understand that. And why? Why would God tie in the sacrifice of the unsaved? That's the language of the Bible. The sacrifice I have sacrificed for you. That is, God has slain the wicked for the supper that that is to be partaken of in the day of judgment. Well, you know, the word supper is is related to sacrifice even earlier than Judgment Day. Remember what we read of the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 13. And they went and found, as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread, and gave thanks, and break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. There's the word supper. It's the Last Supper. Uh, That's exactly how it's known. In the upper room before Christ goes to the cross and there is bread and there is drink and Christ relates the bread to his body being broken and and, uh, given and the cup is the testament in his blood. So his body and his blood. His sacrifice is what is served at the Last Supper. So the sacrifice of Christ is identified with the supper that the disciples, the, the apostles, were, were to partake of. And it's not only then God didn't want the, the followers of Christ to only partake of the supper that one time, but really, how long did the Lord um, command that the supper was to be eaten and, and the blood to be drank, spiritually speaking? Well, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, beginning in verse 20, When ye come together, therefore into one place... This is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in eating everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What, have ye not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not, for I have received of the Lord 
that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Now the the Lord's Supper was to be observed as a ceremonial law within the churches and congregations during the church age. God uh, gave authority to certain individuals to oversee the congregation and uh, to oversee um, the ceremonial laws like baptism and, and the Lord's table. And, and, and so the Lord's Supper was carried out for 1955 years in the church age to remember Christ and to remember his death and sacrifice that he gave his life for his people. And even after the end of the church age, God's people in reading these scriptures, in, in reading what the Bible has to say about the death of Christ are brought to remembrance of Christ's death. And in that sense, we're spiritually partaking of the Lord's Supper. And so Christ's Supper was um, to be eaten and, and drank as a ceremonial law when that was possible. And spiritually, um, throughout the New Testament age, and, and notice this verse 26, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, or as often as you have the supper, Ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Till he come. Well, on May 21, 2011, Christ came in judgment upon the world. And uh, immediately, the bride had already um, been made ready through the completion of God's salvation program, the last of the elect had become saved. The bride was ready for the marriage. Judgment Day came. It was time to slay the sacrifice. And, and God slew the wicked spiritually when he shut the door of heaven. And he then put forth and, and had already prepared, um, the sacrifice that we read of, of all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. And he called for the fowls to gather because there was death all over the earth. And now it was their bodies and their blood that, that would be the meat and the drink during the supper of the great God. It, it is the sacrifice of the unsaved for their sin. Christ 
died, he was the sacrifice for the sins of his people. He paid the penalty, which was death. He was the acceptable sacrifice on their behalf. And throughout the the whole um, day of salvation, that was the supper that God um, emphasized and, and focused on. It was the supper of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God called all to that supper. And, and yet when judgment day came, well now no one could ever partake of Christ again who had not already become saved. And, and God changed the sacrifice in the sense that now he, he had slain uh, all of the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. They now must pay for their sins by giving up their life, and in so doing, they would become the meat and the drink of the supper, the great supper of God, or the marriage supper of the Lamb. Remember that language that God used in Isaiah chapter 34, that is focused on the day of wrath. It says in Isaiah 34, in uh, verse 3, their slain also shall be cast out, and their stink shall come up out of their carcasses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood, and all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their host shall fall down as the leaf falleth off from the vine, and as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven." Behold, it shall come down upon Idumea and upon the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of Jehovah is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness and with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For Jehovah hath a sacrifice in Basra and a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. And Idumea is Esau. It, it is um, representative of those that did not receive the blessing. Jacob have I loved, but Esau I hated. And God is sacrificing them in the day of his wrath. That's why he uses the language of the blood of lambs and goats and fat of kidneys of rams, because they're sacrificial animals. And now it is man himself the rebel that God is slaying for their sin, which is what a sacrifice is always pointed to. It was an offering for sin, and, and Christ uh, was the only sacrifice that could make payment for sin when he offered up himself from the foundation of the world. But now the unsaved are making payment for their own sin as God is crushing the life blood out of them. Remember, that's the vivid illustration in Revelation 14, and also in Revelation 19, where the Lord is treading the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And what comes out of the winepress? 
In Revelation 14, it's blood, but but typically it, you would put grapes and and you would get wine that would come out of the wine press, and and that is the blood or that is the drink of this gospel. It is their life being crushed out from them as they offer up their own self. Well, they're not offering, but God has sacrificed them willingly. Of course, uh, they're not willing on their part. God is, is taking them against their will and sacrificing them and exacting their blood as the drink of the supper of the great God. And this is the gospel for the world. The, the sacrifice of Christ and his blood and his body was the food and drink for mankind or for those that God would save as the gospel would go forth, come to the supper. And, and now it, it's no longer the the supper of Christ or the sacrifice of Christ. It's the supper of the unsaved themselves. And now the gospel goes out into the world, a gospel that declares that you are under the wrath of God, that you, if you did not become saved before May 21, 2011, have been slain by God and God is destroying you you're you're uh, going to remain filthy or in in an unsafe condition until you are obliterated on the very last day the final day of this period of judgment that is the gospel declaration for the world and it is a gospel of their own blood and their own flesh it it is because they themselves are being sacrificed in the day of judgment. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.